This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am so excited for this conversation with my guest, Sarah Artemisia. She's like my plant go-to person in terms of connecting with plants and connecting with nature. She is a flower essence practitioner, an Akashic Records reader, an abundance coach, in addition to being an, an incredible plant spirit wisdom teacher. And in this conversation, we chat about so many beautiful lessons that you can learn from the plants all around us. And I cannot wait for you to hear it. So enjoy. So my name is Lauren. My middle name is Ivy. So that's what I use um, for work. Professionally, yeah. Professionally. And my maiden name is Gersten. But it's so funny talking about the the plant stuff because my entire name, Lauren, Ivy, um, and then Gersten. Bay Laurel, right? Well, right. So Lauren from the Laurel Leaves, Ivy, Mm -hmm. obviously. And then Gersten means is connected to barley Mm. in German. And so my entire original name is all plant-based. And then that's awesome. It is so cool. And then I you think about how names came to be and how you're given your name. And it's also funny because I've always, I've always really loved nature. I've always had special connections with plants. There was a cactus when when I was little and you know that we had. And I remember when my my husband and I met in college. And so for one of the date functions, it was a woodser. So he had like a bucket, you know, it's packed with all this stuff. And we ended up moving to New York and getting a ficus tree. And you know how they like just grow together and weave together. And it's so beautiful. And through multiple moves, it eventually didn't make it. And I was so, I could cry thinking about it now. And again, not knowing how other people experience life, I didn't realize that that is not an, you know, an everyday experience that someone would cry when a plant dies. But then when I had my Akashic Records read for the first time, and they, she did my empathic abilities, or whatever, plant empathy is one of mine. And so I'm like, okay, now it's all starting to make That's amazing. Sense. I'm excited for you. That's awesome. How did you first start connecting with nature? Oh, that's such a good question. I feel like I came into this life as a plant person, honestly. That's what comes up immediately for me around it. And there's really two, uh, two things that I feel about that when I tune into it. One is that I was raised by hippie parents. So, you know, growing organic vegetables, playing around in the dirt, making different herbal preparations. That was always a part of my journey since childhood. And yeah, I remember age five, just, you know, learning about how calendula knits skin cells together and like mind blown, like that's amazing that a plant can do that. Or, you know, age nine, that learning that some people who had 
terminal diagnoses were like completely healing their lives just by eating plants only. And so as a kid, I, I always felt like there's something to these plants, you know, there's something about these plant beings. And um, <clears throat> the other thing about it is that I was also raised Quaker, which if you're not familiar with Quakers, the main foundational premise of Quakerism is that everyone has an inner light and all of the, all of the services are conducted completely in silence. And if anyone feels called to speak and share what they are, what messages they are receiving from their own individual inner light, they can stand up and share them. And then they sit back down in silence. And so from that experience, anytime I'm connecting with someone, even to this day, I feel like I'm connecting with their inner light. It's like my inner light and your inner light. We're, we're having a conversation right now and how amazing and beautiful that is. And with plants, I always felt, particularly being a sensitive kid as well, it always just felt so easy to connect with the inner light of plants. With people, I find, well, of course, every person has an inner light. With all of the conditioning, trauma, all the things, you know, ancestral traumas that are passed down, that there can be this layer of, um, like crap layered on top of the light that we have to sift through to get to the, to the inner light of who that person is. And some people aren't even connected with their own, their own inner light, their own inner knowing because of that. Whereas plants on the other hand are very connected with their inner light and they radiate it out in everything that they do and how they are in every aspect of how they function. And that's why there's so many medicinal healing plants because they are these incredibly powerful healers and they can work with us on all these layers, no matter what layer we're asking for support with, they are there to support with that. And um, so that really started my my journey with, with nature and with plants was just connecting, feeling really peaceful when I'm around them. And it has certainly evolved and grown over the years. And I feel like they're with me on this journey for life, honestly. It's like we are we're partners in this life. We are collaborating together in the life's work. And I'm so, so grateful for them because of that. A friend of mine, um, who's very extroverted and I'm very introverted. She recently asked me, she's like, is it hard being so alone all the time? And I was like, no, I'm literally never alone. <laughs> the plants are always around me. And I mean, even, you know, the, the view that I'm looking at right now, there's like a giant rose bush in front of me and violet and Oregon grape and cedar and lavender and just right outside my window. And so I feel they're these really gentle friends that are so compassionately loving. And so I'm really grateful for them. Mm, that is so beautiful. And it's resonating with me on so many levels. First of all, I just have to say, when you're talking about never being lonely, that's how I feel when people say they're bored. And I'm like, what do you mean that you are bored? I do not experience that. There are all the things. And I totally feel that way too, that in, in the spiritual journey, the, I mean, really the start of it for me was just learning to connect and love myself more, but in doing so you aren't alone. You, you are always supported. And I love that you were able at such a young age to find that, that comfort and that support from plants do you think that there are people that are just more naturally inclined to the plant relationship or is that something that 
can be brought online at any time for people listening that maybe have always felt that special connection or people that are just like, I really love nature. Can I get into it more? How does that, how do you think about that? Oh yeah, totally. Such a good question. I mean, really when I tune into that, the first thing that comes to mind is how if we go back far enough in our ancestral lineage, in our DNA, all of our ancestors were plant people. All of our ancestors were very deeply connected with nature, working with plants every single day. And I mean, just the very fact that we can breathe is because of the plants. And because of that, we are in a reciprocal relationship with them for life. Like from the very first moment that we take our first breath till our very last, we are in relationship with plants just through our very breath. So there are many, many ways to connect in with them. And I think there's some, like myself, for example, obviously I was always very predisposed to connect with plants. It felt that, you know, my whole life, but because of this ancestral knowing in our DNA, I truly believe that it's accessible to anyone to connect with that. And that there are so many ways and avenues to develop the spiritual relationship with plants because of that, because it's literally in our DNA, that it's more of a remembering than it is mm. a, um, an outward movement towards something is how I experience it. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I also think for me, it's, it's one of those things that similar to crystals in a way that because it's tangible, because it's this thing that you can hold and smell and touch and taste it's so much more accessible than some of the, the other concepts that I talk about. And I hopefully we'll, we'll chat about the Akashic Records in a little bit, but these things that are sort of more out there, which doesn't mean that you can't absolutely know them so deeply inside, but I feel, you know, and again, everybody is different, but, but just to hold the plant in your hand, just to walk by, just to feel it. I'm obsessed with moss. I think I've messaged this to you before or just the way that there's so many different, I'm looking out my window too, so many different textures. How can there be so many different shades of green? I mean, I, it's hard to look outside and see all that there is and not feel something, whether it be excited or comforted or supported or lit up or nourished. So I'm definitely a plant person. Obviously, listen to the way I'm talking. <laughs> totally. And, and I love what you were just sharing there because that is exactly why I love the plants too. They are so grounded. I mean, they literally have roots and they show us how, when we tune into them, you know, for example, just sitting with a tree and just saying, thank you. And you know, who are you? And tell me something about yourself. You may start to tune into that aspect of the tree. That's really rooted, really grounded. And that is one of the biggest invitations I feel for every single person alive on this planet right now is to come into that sense of centering and grounding in the self and the plants directly show us how to do this. We can just ask them like, how is it that you live? Like, how is it that you function in the world? And when we tune into whatever response we receive around that, I imagine it will likely lead us to a state of more centering and grounding because that's how they are all the time. And so the thing that I really love about plants so much is that they are these vast spiritual beings who have so much happening in the unseen realms. And yet they are also incredibly three-dimensional and grounded. And we ha can have this very visceral, sensual relationship with them. And just in that way, as well with our own 
human experience, it's like, we also contain multitudes. We are also vast beyond all measure. And yet we are also grounded in this very three-dimensional body that needs nourishment and loving and celebrating the beauty of what it means to be in a human form in this life. It can often be, I think, really lost or challenging to connect with that because there is so much of this external stimulus or the news cycle or just all the tragedy, grief, you know, climate crisis, all of this really intense stuff happening in the external, in the external reality. And so it's even extra more important to be able to connect in with that space of the inner stillness, the inner calm, the luminous presence of the self. And we don't have to do anything to quote unquote, get there. That's already a part of who we are. It's, it's literally just listening. It's listening, opening up and remembering who we actually truly are. And in my own journey, I have found that the plants are incredible teachers and guides and mirrors for that process. It's so true. And it's just a reminder to me as when I see them and as the seasons change, first of all, they're so steady. It's like they're steady and not the end they're they allow themselves to change. And I feel like there's such a simplicity in what they're doing. It's just who they are, right? They're going through their process. They're, they're rooting, their leaves are blooming. Then it's, they're, they're falling because it's windy and then the rain and all of these external things like you're talking about that we're facing, they can teach us really how to just persevere. That's the other thing that's coming in now to me that every plant every nature thing handles it differently and sometimes they they break and sometimes they fall and some of them lose their leaves and some of them you know stay evergreen and it's just a reminder to me about how simple it can be and we as humans have loved to make it complicated we love to make it hard we love to sort of relish in this idea of of struggle and I feel like for me, nature is just very, it's a matter of fact, not in a negative way, but just as in a, in an ease as a, as a presence. Yeah. I love how the plants do that. They're so simple it, Yeah, and we don't need to make it complicated. You know, that thing of what you were talking about, how every plant is different, handles adverse conditions. I mean, you look at something like seaweed versus, you know, a pine tree or something. It's like, that's going to be operating in these different elemental environments completely differently. But one of the other things you also just shared that I feel like is really important to key in on is that aspect of being connected with the cycles Mm. that so often in our Western uh, linear mind frame, the conditioning that so many of us have been brought up in, we have this um, perception of moving through time in a linear fashion where we have a starting point, we have an ending point, we're getting there, you know, maybe a lot of self-judgment comes in when we're quote unquote off our path or whatever, but that's not the way of nature. Like if you look at nature, the river goes to the sea in a meandering way. It doesn't go in a straight line. You know, it's like, there's a meander to it. And that's really beautiful. That's really, really beautiful. And that the plants, like you were sharing that they lose their leaves and you know, that there's this aspect of the cycles that I feel in my own experience with the plants working and connecting with them. It's been such a gift to honor all aspects of the cycle. Like 
the moon cycle of the self or like the winters of the self, that this is not a bad thing at all. That oftentimes I think in our society, we're conditioned to have a lot of self-judgment if we're not in a time of summer or spring, right? But that's not how life functions. And nature shows us this, that the way that life functions is in cycles and that it's so important and valuable to have those times of, of inner quiet or even those times of really intense hardship because that forces us into growth that catalyzes us into growth or like grief, for example, grief is so challenging. And there's something so incredibly powerful about the process of composting the grief and what comes out of that. Actually, what's coming up in this moment is, um, this is a bit of a personal story, but it feels relevant to share in this moment is, um, seven years ago, my brother-in-law who was young, he was in his thirties, totally healthy, um, just collapsed in the shower and died. He was 37 years old. He had a three-year-old kid, you know, just dropped his kid off at preschool, totally in love with his wife, actually officiated their wedding. I love them both very dearly. And that process was so challenging to, and like my husband, just so close to his brother, they were 11 months apart, you know, so, so close. And that was a really, really, really hard time. And through that process now being seven years later where I'm now, you know, past or around the age that he was at when he passed away, I have felt this really big call, this big fire to fully live my life purpose. What is it that I'm really, really here to do and do it and do it fully because we literally never know when our last day is going to be here. We never know. And so feeling that in such a tangible personal way of like, here's this person who I love very dearly, so healthy. And then here one day gone the next and the doctors still to this day, don't even know why or how that happened. It brought forward to me just how precious this life is. It's so precious. It's so precious. And there's so much beauty to connect with. I mean, we were talking about that even before this interview of like, just these really simple things are looking at the texture of moss. You know, I used to work in, in wilderness therapy in Colorado and Utah, taking out young adults and doing therapeutic processing groups with them in the wilderness. And one of my co-guides at one point, I remember sitting around a fire one night and we were, I was just looking at, I think we were wrapping up a group and I saw a little stick with some moss on it. And I was just so taken by this moss of like, this is so beautiful it's so beautiful. You know, and I wasn't saying anything, but I was just looking at this moss, how gorgeous it was. And he looked at me and he wouldn't consider himself to be quote unquote, a plant person, but he looked at me and he was like, you're totally in love with that moss, aren't you? <laughs> and I was like, I am. And I felt so seen in that moment. I was like, I am totally in love with it. I'm like, this moss is a miracle. I'm like the fact that any of us exist at all like, what are the odds of that, that we even like exist period, let alone all of this diversity and, and being able to connect with the beauty of the, of the many very, you know, textures and ways of being that are possible in this world or exploring like the many, many modalities of, of creativity and expressing the life force through multiple infinite number of ways. And, you know, one of the things that you brought up earlier as well about the plants being different is that is another aspect that I love about nature so much is the diversity aspect, how nature is 
way more diverse than anything we as humans could ever come up with or construct. Like even just looking at like the genome sequence of a redwood tree, for example, it's like, that's insane. There's no way that humans could create something like that, you know, in all of its complexity and beauty. We don't even understand our own genome sequence fully, you know? Um, And recognizing that the plants, like the cedar that I'm seeing outside of my tree right now is not trying to be a rose. And the rose is not trying to be a cedar, that they each have their own, their own way of being in the world, their own gifts to offer. And that there is so much beauty in that. And not only is there so much beauty in that, but that through the mycelial network, which is the um, underground web of mushroom communication that's happening between the plants, like they, this is shown with science, like they exchange nutrients through that, through that web. They are essentially communicating through that web to each other. And just how beautiful that is that the plants, they show us how to honor and celebrate our differences as being beautiful and also work in collaboration. And this is one of the biggest things to clearly in my life, I work with nature as mirror for anything, like any kind of thing that I come up with, come up against where there's a challenge or a question about something. I've gotten to the point where I'll just ask, well, how would nature do it? And then that answers the question, which is really, really nice to have that just like really I love that perspective. (laughs) Really nice. So good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Helps me with my spreadsheets. Like it helps me with everything. And I love spreadsheets as you know. So, um, yeah, that, that aspect of, like you were saying earlier, humans make it so complicated, you know, and I look at our, like the systems of oppression and just the messed up structures that we have going in our society that we have had going in our society for so long, like thousands of years that we think that they're quote unquote normal at this point but they're not, they're really dysfunctional and have a lot of people suffering. And it's like the plants, when we look to the plants, we can see how it is possible to both honor the differences and diversity of life and work in collaboration. And this can literally be applied to any facet of life. And so I love the plants. They're just such incredible teachers, all of nature, even like I was talking about with the river, how it meanders to the sea. When we study nature, when we really look at, okay, how is nature functioning in this way? we understand how to be better humans. And I think that's one of the big reasons that I really love nature so much. There's so much that we take for granted. I'm having such a ball of emotions over here. You could probably see from my ever-changing expressions over here. First, I just want to say, I'm so sorry for your loss, for your husband and family's loss. And that's resonating with me so deeply I will try not to cry right now. My husband, who is 44 and seemingly very healthy, out of nowhere had a massive heart attack in December and literally could have been the exact same story. And it's been a very interesting and challenging and interesting again journey from, from that day to where we are now, you know, I'm someone who has had a very, um, trauma informed life. And so for me, it's, you know, all the bells and whistles are going off about, we've got to change everything. And this happened for a reason. And our life is about to get completely like shifted and shaken up. And for him who has, does not have that trauma informed history, 
he's like very no big deal about the whole thing. Like I've, I, they found it. I got the surgery, the two surgeries, I'm taking my medicine. I'm, and, and it's just so interesting and bringing how would nature handle this? I mean, maybe he's just been like, had a very steady root system <laughs> and he's an evergreen and it all is just going to work out. And I'm somebody who is constantly cycling through, or maybe I'm a plant that is always looking to transform and put my roots down. Maybe I am Ivy and I'm just looking for how to grow and hold on to the next thing. But it's just so interesting how one thing can happen and two people who obviously have experienced it from different perspectives, but have a shared experience are reacting to it and you know, I almost kind of feel like, well, is there going to be a point where he acknowledges the need to change things? Like you're talking about how precious life is. I feel so deeply called, like you were talking about to be living my purpose and to be helping other people find their purpose, to help other people tap into their gifts, to help other people and shake their leaves a little bit. And like, what are you doing? This is it. This is an opportunity. This is a gift. This awareness carries so much potential. You're just calling to mind how beautiful the gift of slowing down is and, and just being able to acknowledge and, and recognize and celebrate the small, the miniature, the little, the little things. And, and I'm so grateful for you to be sharing your wisdom with, with me, with the listeners and with the world, because I just feel like the more people that are living in their purpose, the more people that are living their authenticity, the wider the range of examples that we get of, of how we can be, you know, so many of us were raised with like, this just very limited box of what was possible for us. And maybe there's this ideal job or this ideal family. And every time somebody has the power to stand forth and say, I'm doing something differently. It is such a gift, which you have no idea who's, who's listening and who's changing, really changing because of something that you said. Yeah. It, it's like a, like a drop of water in the pond, right? Like yeah. rippling out that when we really fully open up to who we truly are, it ripples out. It, it ripples out in these like really beautiful ways. How are you able to live your purpose? I mean, definitely connecting with the plants. Yeah, <laughs> that's clear. <laughs> but you have such Super. a wide range of things. You talk to the plants, you you do the Akashic records, yeah. you're an abundance coach. There's all of these things. Do you ever feel like you're supposed to pick one thing? How do you work between them? How do you weave them together? I love that you just asked that. Cause yeah, definitely when I was starting out on the entrepreneurial journey, there's all this um you know, just the classic rhetoric of hyper niche, find your niche, go for just a nichey, nichey, niche kind of a thing. And I was like, I'm a pretty multidimensional person. I'm like, I'm working in like multiple realms. I love spreadsheets. I love communicating with people, you know, analyzing and looking at things. Like I love all that. I'm also super deeply spiritual and I love plants. And I was actually talking with my brother about this uh, a few weeks ago, and he brought up this great metaphor for it that I was like, that is totally happening. And he was like, 
He's like, it's like you're in a Venn diagram, which if you don't remember Venn diagrams from elementary school, it's like when there are those two circles crossing over each other. And then it's like, and, or, you know, are you in the middle of the intersection of the two circles or are you one circle or the other? And he's like, it's like you're in a Venn diagram of your own life where you've got all these different circles and they're all overlapping and you are fully in the middle of all of them. And I was like, yes. And then this thought came to me. I was like, what if everyone in the world was in the middle of their own Venn diagram? Because there is absolutely no need for us to pigeonhole ourselves into one thing or another. For example, if I, cause I started out my entrepreneurial journey being a financial coach, cause I love that and have had a totally transformational experience with money in my own life and then studied in grad school and, you know, financial coaching certifications, all that. I love that work. I love it. It fills me with so much joy and fire to be helping people getting really clear and aligned with their money story, releasing old patterns that don't serve and looking at the really practical stuff of like, you know, what do you need to get out of debt or like save for retirement? These kinds of things that life is very grounded and very expansive at the same time. And our relationship with money and clearing that up can really help us connect with that in an even deeper way. However, when I was just doing that only for work, I found that there were these other parts of myself that were not being nourished in the way that they were calling. It's like, I could feel them very present in the background, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't expressing them in the openly, you know, so much because I, I felt very connected to them in the inner kind of way, but it's like, it's time to bring these forward because this is also a huge, huge part of who I am. And so, yeah, there's that Walt Whitman quote. I am large. I contain multitudes, mm. right? It's like, that is the case for each of us, for every single person listening. Like you are large, you do contain multitudes and there's no time to waste. Like, <laughs> let's, with, get, let's get on. <laughs> like with, with everything going, I'm like, the world is falling apart out there. If you feel connected to something, if there is something in your life that brings you joy, do it, like connect with it, bring it forward. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be focused in your career. Maybe it's just something that you absolutely love to do. And it's like, connect with that more fully in your life that I think, again, with this theme of, you know, sometimes we have this tendency to overcomplicate things. It's like, I think this question can come up of, you know, what's my purpose? Like, what am I really doing here? It's like, just tune in. What brings you a sense of joy? What, what makes you feel so excited to be alive? And it could be the littlest, simplest thing. It could literally be like, I don't know, painting watercolor or something. For example, I just did this huge summit and the artist for that is a plant spirit artist. She paints in watercolor. She's super connected to the plants through her paint. She literally paints with flower essences, which is an herbal preparation. Her art is gorgeous. It's so Dana Lynn artistry. If you want to check her out on Etsy, she's amazing. And I'm like, if Dana had never, if she had felt that call to art and she'd be like, oh, that's, it's quote unquote, just art or something. All of that would have never been brought forward into the world. And like the world would not be as beautiful as a result of her, you know, not expressing that. And so I feel, I mean, just like in the same way of the, um, of the plants, right? Within the seed contains all the potential, like within that classic teabag quote of, you know, one acorn contains a thousand forests kind of a thing. And that there's so much wisdom that we can learn from that in our own experience that, you know, if there is something that you feel connected to in your life, 
that you are, that you are staying small about, that you are staying contracted about that connection, of course, will always be there in the way that it's always there in a seed. But what would happen if you actually watered that seed? If you actually planted that seed, gave it a good nourishing environment, gave it sunlight, gave it water, gave it love and witnessed it grow and flourish. It would turn into this absolutely gorgeous flower of yourself in the world, you know? And so there's, I'd imagine for many people listening that there may be something that you're feeling like that in your own life, where maybe, you know, there's something that you love or you're so connected, but you kind of like keep it way back in the back dark closet. Cause you're like, Oh, but that's so silly. Or like, Oh, I could never actually quote unquote make money with that. Or like, forget that, forget that. Just bring it, just start to integrate it more into the, into the daily experience. Like every unfolding into this, you know, beautiful, unfolding of the self begins with one step. You just have to take the first step. You just got to like plant the seed, like give it that initial little bit of water, that initial little bit of sunlight for it to germinate and start sprouting those, those first two, you know, cotyledon leaves. Like that, that is really the invitation for this time. And I truly feel that with everything going on planetarily, it's like, there really is no time to waste that for, for each and every one of us to fully step into our gifts, like bring our full soul self into this world right now. That's really why we're here to do that, to experience the fullness of life and to, and to, and to bring our true nature into the lived experience, that this is not something that spirituality is not separate from the lived experience. It's not separate from the body. It's not separate from, you know, the daily, it's not separate from doing the dishes. You can bring your presence of your full self into every single moment. And that is, is the invitation. And when when we do that, magic unfolds out of that. Like the creative expression of life force that unfolds out of when we really listen to and honor what our deepest joy is, is magical beyond all measure. And I have directly experienced that in my own life. And it's amazing. It's amazing. It's so good. I could just listen to you talk and I'm like off in a meadow somewhere, just like frolicking and experiencing all that, that yummy goodness. And it's true. And there's so many layers that each of us carry that have prevented us because now we're changing that have prevented us from sharing, whether it be fear of failure or fear of success. What will other people think of me? I mean, absolutely. Is this worth my time? Am I going to make money? We're so, we can get so focused on what the result is going to be that we don't ever take that first step. We don't ever even try. And, you know, I am someone who has had a (laughs) dynamic relationship with failure, as I'm sure many people have. And A big shift for me was really letting go of that word as a thing. It is not failure. Every single thing is just information gathering. It's just, it's just getting clearer and closer. Okay. That was good. This, I didn't like the way this field, I tried this. That's not the thing for me there. When you, when you take away that lens of something as a success and a failure, It opens you up, I think, in a different way to tapping into all these things you're talking about, to exploring things just for the sake of having joy, whether or not you end up being great at them. But if you have that little whisper like you're talking about or that little ping or you feel that deep connection to something, 
it's really so sad that we don't allow ourselves to express ourselves, that we don't allow ourselves to feel that joy that we, that we put it in a little box, that it has to meet all these conditions in order for it to be worthy. And again, pulling in the plant knowledge, you know, when they say, oh, people who sing and talk to their plants, those plants do better. Well, yeah, because you're giving them the attention and the energy and the nourishment that they need when you're paying attention to something. And it's just so sad to me when I think about how many wonderful people I know intimately that, that do not yet feel that connection to be entitled to be who they fully and truly are. And so any, any words of wisdom to help really light their fires? Yeah. Immediately flower medicine. I'm like, think about a rose. Mm -hmm. Think about the way that a rose unfolds before a rose starts blooming. Does it think, does this meet all the criteria for success? If not, (laughs) I'm not going to do it. Absolutely not. It just blues. It unfolds from the inside out. And in the past couple of years, I have really been feeling this message so clearly from Rose in particular, that Rose medicine so much in particular has so much to share for this time, so much to share. And so I would invite anyone to just go out, connect with a flower, just ask it, how do you bloom? Like, how do you function in the world? And notice what comes back in response. And it might not be in that way of literally asking the plant. Maybe you just look at it and maybe just look at it and just like get really into it, like microscope in, like microscope way in and look at that flower. Maybe look at a dandelion. One of the things I love this time of year is looking at dandelions and how they literally open and close with the sun. So they're literally re-blooming every single day. And with that, there's this message of, it's like, nature is mirror again, like, how is it possible to begin each day anew? You know, this kind of a thing that it's like, okay, what happened yesterday happened yesterday. Today is a new day. It's a new moment right now. Um, but again, coming back to Rose, if, if anyone listening has not done this yet, I would highly, highly recommend it whenever there are wild roses blooming in your area to just get up real close and personal, obviously smell them of course, cause they're amazing, but also to just watch how they bloom, watch how they unfold, that they are not moving in a linear way, that they are unfolding from the inside out. And that is the invitation for this time to really, for each of us to unfold from the inside out, that as the rose is doing this, you know, her first, second, third petal petal unfurls. Does she give herself so much judgment? Like, oh, I'm not at the eighth petal unfurling yet. Oh, I'm a failure. It's like, no, like this is the part of the process of this moment in this time. And that in itself is absolutely beautiful. And so that piece of what you were talking about, like there is no failure. It's all evolution. The wisdom and knowledge that we gain from having gone through these multiple experiences, there is no quote unquote, getting off the path. It's, it's a part of that meandering river of life. Life would be so boring if we never, if we never evolved or, you know, grew from our experiences. And like, you look at the trees, there is no tree that is exactly the same as another tree. Like, even plants that are clones, where you just take a cutting and you propagate that same plant, like all banana plants, for example, they're not grown from seed or lemon trees. They're often grown from clones and then grafted onto rootstock so they don't have thorns. And so even in that replicable aspect of existence in the plant world, they are never exactly the same. And so to me, this is such a clear message of like, we should actually never be exactly the same moment to moment, because if we are, that's like, 
not working with the with the laws of nature. Like that's not working with the laws of of reality that we live in. That to really embrace each moment that is different, anew, like the dandelion each day, like each day born anew, that this is, can provide such a rich experience in life when we really embrace that aspect of ourselves. Mm, Yeah. And the rose isn't always blooming. Yes. And she has thorns Mm. and she has a woody stem, which is so powerful for this time because it's like, yes, she has these like gorgeous soft petal blossoms. I mean, there's a rose that grows right out here off the edge of the porch. And there's something about these petals that are so soft that when it's that moment where it's like the rose has fully bloomed and is just about to fall off to the ground. I love picking those roses and literally just full face immersion, like rubbing them all over my face. Cause it's literally the softest. It feels mm. like angels all over my face. I'm just like, this is so soft. It just smells amazing. And everything just feels so deeply nourished when I do that. And it smells so good, but, but the rose isn't just soft petals, right? The rose also shows us the absolute importance and value of, of having boundaries with the thorns and also having a woody stem of like, be connected, be solid in the way that we stand on the earth, be connected in the way that we are rooted in the earth, that this is so important. And the other thing that's coming in for me right now is that a rose is not everybody's favorite flower. And so that's the thing that, again, when we're, we're working on these businesses and these offerings and, you know, we have these gifts that we want to share and we want to put out there to know that they are not meant for everybody. Not every single person that you connect with or that sees what you have is going to be aligned for you. And there's a piece in that also, right? which is great. I mean, literally this rose right outside my window here, it's like three feet away from me right now. There's this beautiful patch of violets blooming right below it. And I'm like, thank goodness that those violets are not trying to be that rose because violet medicine is amazing. It's so beautiful, all about connecting with community and just being really close in and connected and together. And that this is so beautiful and valuable in itself. And if the violet was trying to be the rose, it's like, well, then we wouldn't have violet medicine. And like violets are amazing. Ah, so much wisdom from you. So much wisdom from your connection with the plants. Tell everybody how they can access you and work with you. And you have a new course that you just launched, which is incredible. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. My website is multidimensionalnature.com. And you can find me on Instagram at multidimensional.nature. And yeah, definitely my website, which you'll see, it's really, it's an umbrella site. It has all of the coursework with plants, Akashic record readings, um, one-on-one offerings with flower essences, and also financial abundance coaching. And I also have a podcast as well, the Plant Spirit Podcast. And um, so, yeah, I just, I love that. And the one last thing actually that I want to share is just how absolutely amazing it is to be born in a time where we can fully embrace our gifts. I think about the offerings that I'm putting out in the world. And I'm like, if I was trying to do this 40 years ago, no way, like people would not be open to it. That there's something about what's happening in the collective experience on the planet that is really open to whatever ways that we want to fully express ourselves, it's available. So exciting. Ah, I love it. Thank you so much for, for being with me, being with all of us. Oh, thanks so much, Lauren. It's been so great to chat today. And yeah, just 
relish in the love of plants and, and the beauty of, of being alive. It's really amazing. So thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.